BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Stay connected and never miss a beat with AT&T. Our reliable network covers more roads than any other carrier, ensuring you're always in the loop. Whether it's tournament upsets, buzzer beaters, or social media buzz, stay up to date. Don't let the action pass you by. Check if you're eligible for a free trial of in-car Wi-Fi at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. And keep the madness going. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Hi, and welcome back to The Carol Markowitz Show on iHeartRadio. One of the topics that I want to get into here is how bad advice can lead to problems in your life. And sometimes the bad advice comes from our own families. Parents aren't perfect. They're also influenced by the wider society and they can make mistakes in raising their children. There was a Pew study from January. I refer to this study a lot just because it really blew my mind that found parents would prefer by a lot that their children prioritize financial independence and a good career over family and children. 88% of parents said it was extremely or very important for their children to be financially independent when they reached adulthood. I mean, sure, like who doesn't think that? That's, you know, definitely a worthy goal. And 88% also said the same of their children having a job they enjoy. Okay, you know, I want my kids to be financially independent. I want them to have a job they enjoy. I'm, I'm with you. But then only 21% of parents said it was extremely or very important for their child to get married. And just 20% felt that strongly about their kids reproducing. So... I mean, just the idea that such a greater number cared about their child's job versus having grandchildren is astonishing. I mean, to me, that's civilization ending. And beyond that, it's just bad advice for life. Like, if you're concerned about your child making a good living, them getting married goes a long way towards that. And living a stable life in general goes a long way towards making more money. I I got into this a few episodes ago with Brad Wilcox, but married people are simply richer. I don't just mean earning more money. They also save more money, which is a really surprising stat um, since, you know, married people often have to take care of these really expensive little people that live with them. They still end up saving more money than single people. Putting money or career first doesn't work. You can't have it all in that way. You can have it most of it if you're in a stable relationship. 
I mean, married people also pool their resources. You want your kid to be financially secure, move marriage to the top of his or her to-do list. A study I looked at found that 29% of single adults consider themselves financially secure, whereas about half of married couples say the same. I mean, that's a jump, you know, but forget about the financial part of it. That's the other thing. I think like getting too wrapped up and I I, I tend to do it myself. I tend to look at these studies and, and say like, it's so much better for you financially to get married, but that's, you know, not romantic and all of that. So it's important to look at marriage as being important for a lot of reasons. We hear a lot about people dying lonely deaths, deaths of despair. And yet we're giving our kids this terrible advice to pursue money over relationships only to what? Have them die alone at 60? Who wants that life for their children? What's worse is parents are specifically not passing on their own values to their kids. It's baffling. A Pew poll from a few months ago found that only about a third of parents consider it important to pass their religious values onto their children. Like, are you serious with this? Someone sent me a study. Uh, it just came out on Friday, actually. Communio, a national nonprofit organization, conducted a nationwide survey of 19,000 Sunday church attendees, and they did it during worship in 112 evangelical, Protestant, and Catholic congregations. They found that only 22% of churchgoers consider themselves lonely, while that number is about 50% in the general population. I mean, religion matters. The religious services, attending religious services, we know that this leads to you know, a, a sense of community that you just simply don't have if you don't go. And you know, honestly, I, I'm sort of mixed on where our family is for religious services. We don't really go to anything uh, regularly. And I you know, I feel like for my own kids, I have to make that change. I'm, I'm trying, been trying, um, but I get that it's important even if we don't do it. You know, I, I feel like I understand that we need to be motivating towards that. None of this is a coincidence. Religion is good. Marriage is good. Community is good. These are things that we know. So how did we get to this stage where we're giving our kids such awful life advice saying that those things don't really matter? I really think that what happened is parents try to be cool or try to be a friend to their kid. And what ends up happening is this anything goes attitude like, oh, you don't need to get married. Oh, you don't need to go to religious services. You could do whatever you want. Everything's fine. They don't want to be like that uncool generation who raised them. They want to be understanding and let their kids be free to make their choices. I mean, sure. Kids will make their own choices, no matter what you say to them. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't lay down the markers in your own home. This is what we believe. This is what we want for you. This is what a successful life looks like. You win nothing by pretending all choices are just as good as all the other choices. Tell your kids the truth and then let them go forge their own path. Coming up next, an interview with Andrew Claven. Join us after the break. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular's single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Hi, and welcome back to the Carol Markowitz Show on iHeartRadio. Our guest today is Andrew Claven. Andrew is host of The Andrew Claven Show and author of the new novel, The House of Love and Death. Thank you so much for coming on, Andrew. It's good to see you, Carol. Thanks for having me. Really good to see you, too. So The House of Love and Death is the third in a trilogy. Tell us a little bit about the book and the series. Yeah, it's the third in the series. I'm hoping it'll go for 10 books uh, mm. at least. Um, yeah, no, it's a, a, a long, long story about a guy named Cameron Winter. He has been a been doing some very dirty work for the government in his past and is now trying to recover and become a sort of better person. He's taken a job as a poetry professor in a Midwestern school, but he has this what he calls a strange habit of mind where every time he sees certain crimes that just don't mm -hmm. make sense to him, he has to, he's obsessively has to go out and see if he can figure out what it is that doesn't make sense about them. So he's a guy who's kind of been an anti-hero is trying to overcome that, become something better in the world. And the world is falling apart around him. He's living in modern America. So the world is falling apart <laughs> around him. And right. it's, it's basically exploring the idea of how do you, how can you be a good man in a bad time? Mm, I, I like that. So some of your books have been made into Hollywood movies before. You know, I know you had True Crime with Clint Eastwood, Don't Say a Word with Michael Douglas. And this trilogy has been bestselling. So has Hollywood come calling again? <laughs> Absolutely not. That is something, <laughs> I, you know, I've been a very outspoken conservative and an outspoken Christian and is very doubtful. Uh, in fact, when I sent the first book uh, of the series, When Christmas Comes, to my very left-wing mm -hmm. film agent, he loved it. He thought it was absolutely fantastic. And he took it out to over 100 people mm -hmm. and not even a single bite, not a, a little touch of interest in it. And I kept saying to him, you know, I am blacklisted. And he kept saying, no, 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 they would never blacklist <laughs> no, you. Never. It's, all, it's all about the money. And I kept saying, ah, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know. But uh, he was never quite convinced, but he never got anywhere with it. Eventually they'll be banned to movies, but not for a while. Maybe, maybe I have to disappear before that happens. <laughs> so how do we turn around an industry, an industry that is not that interested in making money? I mean, Disney can continues to lose money and they're like, they seem fine with it in the pursuit of their ideology. That's right. And people do not understand that. People always say they think they're being kind of cynical wise by saying Hollywood is all about the money. No. But it's not, you know, and mm -hmm. they make the money anyway. They make it off Marvel movies. They make it off those big uh, tentpole pictures. But we don't turn it around. We have to beat it. We have to make mm -hmm. our own industry. We have to build our own infrastructure. This is one of the most important parts that uh, that conservatives don't understand. It's not enough 
to make movies because you can make movies off a credit card now that are absolutely mm-hmm. beautiful looking. You you need distribution entities and you need review entities. You need to give awards right. to artists. I mean, artists mm-hmm. live for love, you know. And mm-hmm, uh, of course. You, yeah, when you want to know why actors don't care whether their movies make money, it's because they get awards, they get prestige, they get girls, they get all the mm-hmm. things that they went into acting for. Right. And and so they and the money will come. But we don't have any of those things. So when I bring out a novel, for instance, mm-hmm. this I used to get before I became outspoken. I used to become be, get hundreds of venues giving me absolutely yeah. great reviews. Mm-hmm. Now I'm lucky if I get any kind of major review attention, and still I've managed to put books on the bestseller list, which is amazing right. because because we're developing our own media, mm-hmm. but it's still very difficult, and we just haven't committed to the culture the way we should. Not yet, but we're starting. It's starting. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Daily Wire is obviously yep. leading the way on so much of that. But so what do you think is like, uh, I mean, so you're saying like building a movie studio would only be step one, but what are like the next steps? What are, you know, uh, is it really just, we have to just build a, a parallel society and kind of leave the left out of it? Yes, because we'll destroy them. They're, everything they do is garbage. Everything they touch turns to crap. They, their stories are lies. They're lecturing us. Everybody has to, nobody can be in a marriage of two white people. Everybody has to be in a mixed marriage, which of course I could care less whether people right. are in mixed marriage. Obviously. I just don't want to be lectured yeah. by the worst yeah. people in the country. Uh, we, we, it, the, it's like fruit lying on the ground. It's not low hanging fruit. It's fruit <laughs> lying on the ground. They, they don't make, you know, a long time ago, I made a video called the one state solution about how the entire Middle East should be given to the Jews. And when I, when I came up with the idea, I thought that's such an obvious joke. Someone must have made it. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. They right. don't make any of those jokes. And so the, the field is open. We could devour them if mm-hmm. people would just start spending the money and the attention to do it. So, I mean, changing the culture is kind of a, a tough, you know, ask, um, like other than movies, I, I guess my question is how, how do we do it without, you know, I guess we can't not restart everything, but how do we, how do we start this process? Well, the, see, the thing is conservatives by nature are kind of backward looking and you need to be forward looking because the arts, the arts will only be saved by people who love them. They won't be saved by people who want to bludgeon other people into agreeing with you. Right. The arts are naturally countercultural. So we're mm-hmm. actually in a good position because we are the counterculture. But, but look, look ahead. The things that are coming out that are going to be the great new art form, uh, are things like the Oculus, the, the meta stuff where you have three dimensional art going on uh, is going to be, you know, YouTube and videos are a form of art that we've actually done very well in those small satirical videos. We're a lot funnier than they are where, you know, we're a lot, we're saying it's easier to be funny because we tell the truth. So there's all kinds of ways for ordinary creative people to make their mark, but you have to do it and you have to give up on the big career in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. This was, this was a benefit that I had. I got blacklisted in Hollywood. I I won't say I didn't care, couldn't care less. It was painful, but I, I never lost any sleep over it because I just thought, no, I'm going to make things any way I can. If I have to just go to people's houses and scratch it on their door, I'll do that. <laughs> and, and it's been great. It's worked out. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm good at what I do. I've worked very hard to become good at what I do. And, yeah. and so when people pick it up, I'm not a conservative making art. I'm an artist who's a conservative. And that's, oh, that's yeah. what we're looking for. Yeah. That's, that's great. Yeah. Did you always want to be a writer? Always. I mean, after I got over like wanting to be a cowboy, yeah, basically. <laughs> I, was, you know, I think after, you could still be a cowboy. I, you know? I, maybe I could still be, you know, or, or right fielder for the Yankees if uh, well, Aaron Judge would just yeah. get out of my way. But, um, 
but yeah, no, I, I always wanted to. I loved, I, I sort of found myself in, in the books of the tough guy writers like Ernest Hemingway and mm-hmm. especially Raymond Chandler uh, and his Philip Marlowe novels. And so I, I'm doing exactly kind of what I set out to do. And I'm, I'm now at that stage, that late stage in a career where you start to sum up and think about what you're doing. So these new books, the Cameron Winter books are really, mm-hmm. I feel like really rich with kind of the tradition that I've been working in all this time. Uh, and it's, it's a, a, it's a very moving experience to kind of look at everything you've done and try to bring it all together. So both of your children have also written books. You, you have two children, right? I have two children. Two yes. children. Yes. Yeah. So uh, Spencer Clavin and uh, Faith Moore. And I'm, I'm actually having Faith on the show about her book later this week. Uh, Did you force them to follow in your footsteps? <laughs> no. Oh, my God. I would have thrown my body over the door if I could have stopped them. <laughs> you know, I, I always feel that my family somewhere, somewhere in the past, someone in my family burned a witch. And as she was going up in flames, she said, you'll never have a doctor in your family, you know, only artist. Um, but they're both incredibly, first of all, they're both so such different people with Mm -hmm. such different outlooks, but not only are they uh, loving toward one another, but they actually have each one of them, this voice that I think is rather remarkable. I've read uh, Faith's new book and it's charming and witty Mm -hmm. and just, uh, just another kind of thing, you know, than I would do or Spencer would do. And I think it's, um, it's, it's a wonderful thing to see. And again, because no one else is doing what we do, the field <laughs> mm-hmm. is kind of open and it's, it's kind of nice to be able to offer things to people, uh, who aren't getting entertained because they're always being attacked. Yeah. So you've written so many amazing books. You have a great family. I just love your kids. Um, do you feel like you've made it? Well, that's a, that's a tough question. I'm not, I'm not even sure what it means. I feel that I have lived an extraordinarily beautiful life. I mean, I, I, I cannot understand why this happened to me. And I, and I say that actually seriously. I've frequently uh, talked to God about this. Um, I, I have a, I have a marriage that is out of a fairy tale. I mean, the, you know, at least from my point of view, maybe mm-hmm. my wife is trying to escape out the back window <laughs> as I speak, but, 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 uh, you know, the kids are so, are so wonderful. I, mm-hmm. I love them and we're, close and it's, it's a beautiful thing. I, I do the work that I set out to do and I do it as, at as high a level as I could have ever expected of myself and sometimes higher. Uh, so yeah, you know, I, let's put it this way. I have no complaints. I guess the reason I hesitate to give you a yes or no answer because there's always something uh, yeah. you, you, ahead of you. There's always something mm-hmm. more you want to achieve. And that's a beautiful thing too, because I wouldn't want to just kind of dust off my hands and say, well, that's, that's it until, right. it's, until the boss calls time, you know? So, um, so yeah, you know, I feel it's just been an amazing life. Uh, and uh, again, I'm not sure some, I keep expecting someone to knock on the door and say, I'm sorry, you got the wrong life. <laughs> you know? But, uh, but yeah, I have, yeah. I, I'm, I have no complaints. That's great. So I have two separate friends who don't know each other who both say that your podcast, you know, your show, it like feels like, like a friend, you know, I, mm. I feel like that's really the highest compliment that anybody can get. Um, did you kind of start out your show thinking like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a friend to all these people. <laughs> no, you know, it's funny. One of the reasons I write is because mm-hmm. there is nothing more beautiful to me than if I don't sleep much and I'll wake up at three o'clock in the morning. And if you go and reach out for a book, you feel like, oh, there's somebody out there in the darkness. Even if they're long dead, there's somebody out there in the darkness who saw the things that I see and feels, feel 
uh, feels felt the things that I feel. Mm -hmm. And so hopefully that's come across in the podcast. I, you know, I never expected to be doing anything like this. I never expected to be in public, certainly never expected to be in mm -hmm. front of cameras. And it, it took me a while to sort of warm up and let go and, and open myself to, to what I was doing. At first, I felt very withdrawn and a little bit uh, performative. And since I'm not really a performer, it took a while for me to kind of overcome that. Uh, but I'm, I'm really happy to hear that. I mean, it is, I do give it yeah. everything I've got every week. And, uh, one of the reasons it was, I was doing it four days a week. And I said, uh, to Jeremy Boring, who runs the Daily Wire, I said, you know, I just can't get it at the quality I mm -hmm. want it. Uh, so I wanted, I, I asked if I could cut it back and it's been great. I mean, that has been great. I feel it yeah. has upped the quality and I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that. Yeah. Are you optimistic in general on our <laughs> culture or, or where, where is Andrew Clavin, you know, on what's going on in the country and, and where we're heading, especially culturally? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I feel that we've hit a, a bottom place. I feel mm -hmm. that the, the thought of the last 500 years, and I'm not joking about this. I feel that over the course of 500 years, the idea of faith has been bleeding away. The greatest thinkers have been saying it's bleeding away. They've been talking about what it was going to be like when it bled away. And all of that stuff has come true. And so the question now, you know, it's, it's funny, but even people I know who have no faith, who have no religion are talking to me now in religious terms. They're talking mm. about, uh, de demonic times. They're talking about the end of days and all those things. Mm -hmm. And so either, uh, you know, we're going to look up in the cloud and God is going to be coming down with chariots and angels <laughs> and all that stuff, or, or it's time to make a turn. We, we're mm -hmm. going through something that I've never seen before. I've been, I'm now 172 years old and I've never seen, <laughs> I've never seen a pause in the culture like this. Mm -hmm. our, our movies stink. Our books aren't that good. Our music is terrible. Everything has stopped. Even the New York Times, I have to say, one of their critics wrote a long piece about this. Why has this happened? And of course, mm -hmm. everything after that was incorrect. But, but they, he was at least asking the question. That means that something new is coming. And hopefully, it's something new that is remains human and humane and, and starts to move back toward the light of, of spiritual faith. Because we're not just meat puppets filled with chemistry right. sets. We actually mm -hmm. are something far more than that. And I understand that we had to explore this thought. Some thoughts are inevitably will be explored, but, but it was wrong. The thought mm -hmm. was wrong. And the thought that created modernism and postmodernism and, and all the things that came afterward was an incorrect thought. And now that we've hit the bottom, uh, I'm very hopeful that we will turn around. I did. I mean, my life, I was, I was baptized at the age of 49. I mean, my life has been a long journey in that regard. And I was only came to faith because it made sense mm -hmm. when nothing else did. And it not only made sense in itself, it made sense of everything else. And so I, I cannot help but believe and have faith in the idea that people ultimately turn to what makes sense away from what is destroying them and, and, dragging them down so many especially young people i talk to them all the time they're so unhappy and yeah. and it's like you know it's eventually you start to think well maybe i don't have to be this way maybe this is right. not what life is supposed to be like so i don't think you look a day over 170 we're gonna take a quick break and be right back on the carol markowitz show bp added more than 70 billion dollars to the u.s economy in 2022 Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. 
It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Stay connected and never miss a beat with AT&T. Our reliable network covers more roads than any other carrier, ensuring you're always in the loop. Whether it's tournament upsets, buzzer beaters, or social media buzz, stay up to date. Don't let the action pass you by. Check if you're eligible for a free trial of in-car Wi-Fi at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. And keep the madness going. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. What would you say is our largest cultural or societal problem, and is it solvable? Well, it's this, it's materialism and it's, and it's so, um, it, it suffuses the society so completely that even the people who think they have faith don't really act mm. as if they have faith. The minute they get depressed, they take a pill, they talk about, they'll say, well, I'm having a, you know, a, an adrenaline rush instead of saying yeah. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. They talk about themselves as if they were a chemistry set. And, and that, that's not what we are. The obvious truth is that the chemicals in our bodies, our bodies are physical machines are reflecting something that's happening that, you know, just like a word reflects a meaning, mm-hmm. our bodies reflect a self. And I think that that's, that's where we're going to have to come back to. And, and yes, of course it's solvable because the funny thing, the weirdest thing about life and the most hopeful thing about life is you only have to turn the ship around. Mm-hmm. It's like the minute you turn in another direction, this is, this is in the new Testament. There's a story of, um, of the prodigal son, who goes off mm-hmm. and wastes everything he has and right. everything. And the, he comes back. And the minute he comes over the hill thinking, I'll beg my father to take me back in the minute he comes over the hill, his father runs to greet him. Mm. And that is something I've seen before uh, to give a, an example. The seventies were very much like this time, not quite as bad. There were things that were better about them, but they, the economy was bad. The culture right. was bad. Mm-hmm. And all that had to happen was Ronald Reagan had to just say, we're going to go in a different direction. And within a year, everything was better. Rudy Giuliani took over a city that mm-hmm. was just as bad as San Francisco is today and, and somehow worse. And all he had to do was turn the culture while the New York Times called him names and said right, he was a racist right, every day. Yeah. But, but, but the whole city turned around almost instantaneously. It was, it was really a beautiful thing. And that's true of, of individual lives, too. You only yeah. have to turn around. And, you know, your father comes to comes running to meet you. And so I'm I'm really always optimistic, even though I do know that everything that's mortal dies and everything built by mortal mm-hmm. hands collapses. I, I don't think we're there yet. I don't think this is that time yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm, I'm hopeful it can turn around and quicker than we think. Do you think you have a nonfiction book on, on all of this in you? Uh, yeah, you know, I have, I, I've been writing nonfiction books too, which has been a really exciting part of this part of my career. I'm working on one now, mm-hmm. um, uh, about 
evil in the arts and, and mm. ha- what that looks like. And, and yes, I think this is something, you know, I, I wrote a memoir, which was about my coming to faith, but so much has happened to me since then that I could almost, <laughs> you know, I don't memoir want part two. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be like Barack Obama and just <laughs> writing memoirs about myself, but, but, uh, but I, I do, it has been a journey and mm-hmm. it has been one of the most remarkable times in my life. I mean, I, I started at the Daily Wire. It was me and Ben Shapiro and Jeremy in Jeremy's pool house at, on mm-hmm. a car table. And now it's a billion dollar company with yeah. actually making a, the change in the culture we all talked about at the beginning. Right. So uh, that's a journey. It's pretty exciting. And uh, I would like to write about that too. I can't wait to read that. So my last question is for you to end with a, your best tip for our listeners on how they can improve their lives. Andrew Clavin advice. Mm-hmm. Let's hear it. The best, well, I, I can tell you that it's, it's easy advice to give. It's hard advice to take. But, but if I had to sum it up, uh, it would be living the truth. You know, everything in our culture is, is urging you to lie, it, not just urging you to lie, but silencing you. If you tell the truth, if you just say, well, a man can't become a woman, I don't care how you live, but a man can't become a woman. Mm-hmm. You will be demonetized and pushed off social media and called names. Right. If, if you point to, you know, things that are wrong in the culture that maybe it would be better if uh, more black people got married before they have family. Suddenly you're a racist for saying the one thing that a friend would actually say to a friend, which is the truth that they Mm -hmm. need to hear. And And it also means, and this is the hardest part, it means accepting the shame for your own behavior and for your own thoughts and for the ways in which you fail yourself and fail This is the one thing that's true of every single person. Every single person knows he is not who he's supposed to be. Mm. Every single one of us. And the way that you turn that around and the way that you turn that around is you start to tell yourself the truth about yourself. And it it, it costs you shame. And and it's something that people, if I had to find, you know, people say, oh, everybody's motivated by sex or everybody's motivated by money and Mm -hmm. all these things. If I had to pick one thing, I would say everybody's motivated for the, by the need to feel virtuous. And once you accept the fact that you're not virtuous, that you are a coward, that you are uh, corrupt, that you would cheat if you were given the moment, the, the, the darkness to do it in. Once you accept that about yourself, suddenly you see a, a it's like a road, a magic road appears in front of you where you don't have to be that way anymore. And so that, that's the one thing I would tell people, make the effort to tell yourself the truth, make the effort to speak the truth, pay the price and keep going because you will get to a better place than you are right now. There's just no question about it. You should all listen to him. He is Andrew Clavin. He is fantastic. His new book is The House of Love and Death. Please pick it up and read it and tell all your friends. Thank you so much, Andrew. Thanks, Carol. Great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on The Carol Markowitz Show. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home, too? The place to do it is errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love, online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. 
But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at errands. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals to Hyatt, Zalara, Riviera Maya in Mexico and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started.